needing to know, you know, your limits and have restraints. Like, how do you, walk me through how you get over the creative blocks? Because as an artist, I mean, you have creative blocks. So like, what do you do in order to move through those? Welcome to another episode of the Nebulous Entertainment Podcast. Today, Eric is going to be walking us through part of the creative piece of developing Stormward Sales. So I'm going to ask him some questions and we can get right into it. Eric, how you doing? Good? Not too bad. All right, that's good. Um, so Eric, like, what was the original driver behind you wanting to become an artist, create art, develop art? Um, walk me through your backstory before Nebulous. So big picture, uh, sort of high level is I've been drawing since, I mean, I was really little. I don't know the specific age, but my parents would probably know. And it's just something that I stuck with through school and college and then post-college into, you know, adult life. I've always just maintained drawing for the most part. That's the, been the main medium. I've explored other painting and things like that but drawing is the one that stuck for sure right and you're talking pencil and paper right or you talking like yeah. uh, colored mm -hmm. pencils and markers <laughs> so <laughs> so it's crayons actually um but for the most part i would say 90 percent of what i've done in the past has always been graphite on paper and uh you know i've Lord, like charcoal and stuff like that especially in school uh, we did a lot with charcoal but it's pretty much always been pencil and then there's been some you know colored pencil works in there and things like that but black and white graphite is just sort of been my staple forever which is such a vast difference from what we've done so far right but you do you paint digitally now more than you do pen and paper right or pencil and paper for for uh like final nebula stuff yeah for sure and i do i do a lot of digital work but almost all of my digital work still starts out pen and paper or you know pencil and paper because i like to sketch and get my ideas down that way right and then, you know scan them or whatever and then do digital coloring or whatever it may be but Awesome. So, all right. So that's a little bit of the backstory. Now, if we get into Stormward Sales and Nebulos. So fast forward a little bit after college, we have Nebulos. Now, with creating the game and the aesthetic and the design behind it, like what was the original inspiration for, you know, developing this cartoony aesthetic to the game? Yeah. Uh, one of the classes I had in college was uh, an animation class, traditional animation. So, you know, uh, flipping through frames to create an animation. And one of our assignments, we were given uh, to create a character and then create a unique walk cycle for them. It's a pretty standard animation uh, assignment or sort of early first project. And I created this little skeleton pirate guy and uh, gave him like this kind of swagger walk. I probably have the animation somewhere. I should see if I can find it. But uh, when Connor and I had started 
you know, talking about nebulous and stuff like that, it, we landed on that character and, uh, it was just sort of like calling back to the games we played growing up and, you know, like the Ratchet and Clank's Donkey Kong, Mario, all of those sort of like cartoony, vibrant characters. So that was where we wanted to start. And that, you know, one thing led to another, you sort of came in pretty early and then we shifted focus to Stormwood sales as like a beginner kind of project and we wanted to go with something that was still stylized that would maybe fit with that character even if we didn't use that character initially we wanted to sort of build a world around him right right which i think that the game actually portrays that pretty well i think that it you know there's a lot of room to work with the original character so let's talk a little bit about your workflow then because with developing a game you know from the creative side there's so many things to do so talk to me about like your workflow how you stay organized how you manage to get things done sure so with stormward sales being our first project it became um sort of about quickly iterating ideas so sketches happened fast and i did you know a couple of them before saying okay this is sort of the style i want then we would take it into i would take that sketch and then open up blender and get into 3d and try to create a 3d version of that sketch so like you know the palm trees the houses the boats like everything in that game sort of spawned from me working it out on paper initially um and then the key art and things like that and the character art that you see uh i believe you know asher pops up a bunch through the story right those were all you know started again started on pencil and paper then i took them to i have an ipad pro uh and i use procreate which is a digital painting app that is you know it's super popular and widely used but that's what i used to create all the uh digital assets that were 2d mm-hmm. and that's even what i used to create the textures for the 3d art i would uv unwrap which is a process where you basically cut apart a 3d model and lay it flat and then you paint the textures over top so that that model when you put it back together looks like an actual object instead of just a big gray box so uh procreate was pretty much like the mvp piece of software for stormward sales for sure so other than procreate did you use anything else or like what else have you used i know like 3ds max blender um Mm -hmm. but what else do you use from an artistic standpoint not necessarily in game like in game versus out of game what are the softwares that you use that have helped you yeah, so uh, I just talked about Blender. That was the biggest one. Uh, I've got some experience with 3DS and Maya, but for the sake of cost and learning curve, we went with Blender. So um, I do a bit with that outside of you know game development. Like it's fun to just do little side projects, at, like 3D characters or something like that, that kind of get you more familiar with the workflow. Right. Uh, I'm super versed in Photoshop and I did use that a good bit 
for like tweaking color palettes or creating user interface elements for the game. And I used that way in the past before I had an iPad. I used that for digital painting as well. Uh, it's super powerful. But the portability of the iPad and Procreate was just awesome. Like I could sit on the couch and work on something and right. didn't have to be anchored to a desk. Right. Yeah, so like this episode is an all up. Like this is a high level overview, kind of like the business one that we just did. Um, of the creative side. So like if we were to dive into the nitty gritty piece, like you obviously have like environmental, you have character development, you have much more like in-depth areas to the creative side. Like Eric was talking about UV unwrapping. He was talking Blender versus Procreate. I know that he's, he's used ZBrush, um, you know, so there's mm-hmm. those softwares as well. So, you know, these, this is more of like what we would have on the workshop for the Patreon post, right? So like if we were to talk like workflow for like character development versus painting or developing a nice environment setting, like this, you would do this through the, um, like the workshops, right? For like the Patreon. Right. Right, okay. Yeah, just like more more in depth, you know, like you said, just pick a topic and then go into the literal step-by-step process I went through for making you know boats environments art user interface stuff there's plenty there you know oh yeah uh, we can talk about any (laughs) we can talk about any of that stuff yeah i mean any artist that has done game development knows number one there is a ton to do right so like if they're sitting there and they need to do it all by themselves like it's a pretty big mountain to climb and number two, mm-hmm. just because you're well-versed in one area of art does not make you well-versed in another area. For example, you know, you could be very good with character design and character development, but you might suck, like, suck with depth perception throughout like the environment and creating like a movable landscape mm-hmm. as the player goes, right? So like, just because you're well-versed in one does not make you well-versed in the other, but you have to have that ability to learn and teach yourself and be patient. I think, Eric, other than like being patient, what has been, I mean, maybe patience has been, like the biggest character trait that you've needed to develop Stormwind Sales? Ooh, that's a tough question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, like, patience and consistency. Patience, yeah, patience was the big one. Uh, consi- yeah, consistency was also tricky because I've never, we've never done this before. So when I was going through and making the different biomes, I had ideas for specific environments and specific boats, even, that were more detailed and more. Uh, outside of the style that we were going for so I had to learn to rein myself in because I could I can uh, you know I come from a very more I wouldn't say like hyper realistic but I do a lot of more realistic art as a hobby so wanting to make the boats really cartoony and really sort of stylized was a big effort in restraint because I had to like say no don't add all these fine details make it you know appealing from 50 feet away where you see this general shape it's like okay this is different than the other one if you have to get in and look at something with a magnifying glass to see a difference that wouldn't work for what we were trying to achieve so restraint again was right up there with patience yeah because there was i mean there was so much to learn but 
you know, if you, if, if I found a workflow and when I found a workflow for creating a boat or creating, uh, an environment asset, I tried to then replicate that process across all of the assets that had a similar, you know, feel. Yeah, no, that's a good one for sure. Definitely knowing your limits and, and being able to stay within them because it's great to shoot for the stars, right? But it doesn't matter if you're shooting for the stars if you can't even put a game out. And a lot of indie devs run into that. Their eyes are bigger than their stomach and they, you know, they want to shoot, you know, past the moon for the stars and they never get there because it's just a never ending process and it's just a hard mountain to climb. So no, that that's a good, uh, you know, that's a good piece for sure. Along those lines, right, along the lines of having the patience, needing to know, you know, your limits and have restraints, like, how do you walk me through how you get over the creative blocks? Because as an artist, I mean, you have creative blocks. So like, what do you do in order to move through those? Mm -hmm. This, I think, is a definitely a topic that we could go for a while. But for me personally, I totally change gears. If I was working on Stormward Sales and I was just not, you know, like things weren't coming out the way I wanted, I would totally stop and do something else. If it was, you know, brainstorming a different project or working on, you know, personal art that I do like graphite, you know, something that I'm good at. Uh, there was an analogy or a, I guess that's what I would call it, an analogy where somebody said, you need to have two types of projects. You need to have ego projects and learning projects. So ego projects for me are the things that I know I can do well. They still give me a bit of challenge, but I know that I can work through it. So doing graphite portraits and things of that nature are the fallback ego projects. Do those feel confident in it. Stormward sales, game development, that kind of art is the learning project for me where I can go and go and go and then something just isn't clicking so instead of pushing past and potentially burning myself out i would take a step back and just walk away for a little bit and it it does wonders you know right because you step away for an hour and you're like oh what if i try this and then you can maybe come back and push past but if you don't step away or if i don't you know everybody's different but if i don't step away I just, the work suffers for sure. Right. And I think along those lines too, what you've used, I know you've used this and what other people have used too, is expanding your horizon in terms of like, you know, reading a book, watching a movie, listening to a soundtrack, like something that can help drive that inspiration, that creativity. Um, they also, this is my next question to you, like, do you have like a favorite time, more productive time of day and or like a setting that helps you with your inspiration and your creative thinking. Yeah, those are, that's such a good point. Um, for me, you know, I like typically in the evening after work when my brain can kind of be winding down. Um, I really like to sit at a desk and either put on, and I'm a sucker for, you know, old sitcoms and just like shows or movies that I can kind of unplug from and not really have in my brain and uh the biggest thing though is music uh i listen to a lot of instrumental music like game scores or movie scores while i create and those seem to really help um so 
yeah and i know that that's different some people like pure silence some people want to be have their mind focused on something else but me personally i like to sort of just disconnect right and have most of my focus on what i'm creating part of my brain goes to listen to music or you know watch scrubs or something like that right so along these lines like has being an artist being a creative mind has this helped you in other areas or aspects of your life as well for sure um you know i think the the way that if i'm just going to be you know using a more literal application the way that i've learned software like 3d software and stuff for game development and sort of where i learned that i can take um inspiration from and when i find what helps me be productive those things have then carried over into other projects that i i work on they carry over into work things like that just the the lessons that you kind of learn from drawing especially that's the one i can speak to the most is it's patience right uh a lot of people a lot of people i know don't want to try to draw because like oh you know that how long does that take it's like yep doesn't really matter (laughs) everybody wants to be good at everything without putting the work in you know people they to your point they want to be able to draw and create art right away you know they think like if they pick up a pencil they're gonna neck they're gonna draw something that belongs in the louvre it's just not how it works you know it's not how it works no but no and like the best thing about it is that there's always room to improve so once you find your drive you know like i always thought that art was and drawing and things like that were you know 10 percent talent and 90 percent work just like anything else in life athletes musicians all that stuff you have the spark you have to insulate it and give it fuel to get it to grow right so if we talk a little bit if we go back to to the game side of things like off the top Mm -hmm. of your head like what were some of the easiest things to build from a creative standpoint and what were some of the most difficult things to build just for stormwind sales okay um that's a good question too the easiest things for me were for sure the environment assets so like the rocks and the trees and all that kind of stuff because i could get those to look stylized more easily just you know working the way that i do whereas the ships and the enemies and things like you know all that kind of stuff that was um i'm not used to seeing it stylized like i'm not used to seeing stylized pirate ships and things like that so that was a huge challenge because a lot of times i found found myself creating ships that looked like another one i had already made like i felt like i could only push the forms so many ways and then i would have to like basically scrap it and start new and try to do something else so that was definitely a challenge for me was taking something that i had never really seen a lot of stylized versions of something and then making them stylized i will say too just because i know the answer to this 
<laughs> that that VFXs. <laughs> VFX. Oh, I don't even con- I don't even consider that because I was so bad at that. It was so tough. So you know, I just. No, I was just going to say, so because Stormer Sales was a 3D game, would you have the same answer for something that was 2D? Would it be similar? So, um, or if we're, are we talking about VFX or just in just general? Just in general, in terms of like the environment being one of the easiest things you've done. Yeah, um, characters, so that's, you know, environments, I've seen so many, you know, Disney movies and Pixar movies and dreamworks and all those that have those really strong environments um that i think just in my brain i sort of have a visual library built up of all of these different references essentially and with characters so you know as we're shifting to new projects and stuff like that creating stylized characters is the new challenge because a lot of the drawings that i do that you've seen and that I share are the graphite drawings I do, which are portraits, which are more realistic. So creating a cartoony stylized character is like way out of my wheelhouse. So it's a challenge, but I really, I think it's a really interesting lesson in basically taking what you know and pushing it into a new direction. So like I know human anatomy for drawing so how do i take that knowledge and then you know what do you expand on from there to create something that is you know cartoony right so that's yeah very similar to storm sales where it's the things that i know more of the real life versions of or i have uh realistic reference in my brain of those are the things that are tough for me to shift and create new cartoony versions of. I keep using that word, but it's the best one that comes to if mind. You, if, if anybody takes anything away from this episode, it's cartoony. Just take take that with you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what we're doing. So is that even an, an yeah. actual? Le- I guess it is a legit word, huh? Cartoony. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, all right. If it isn't, it it is now. <laughs> Yeah, so one of, well, probably the last question I have for you is, from a high-level standpoint, if somebody was starting today from nothing in terms of, like, game development, in terms of just being an artist, like, what would you say to them? Like, what what advice would you want to give them uh, for starting out from nothing? Start small. Yeah. Definitely. It's, It's good to have big goals, for sure, with any... You know, any type of project, any type of um, idea that you might have, it's good to have a big idea, but you need to peel that back and work and start to build a foundation of small iterative steps. So, you know, if it's a game development, yeah, you can want to make the next big MMO, which a lot of people want to do. But that is huge. So take it back and say, okay, I want to make a cool character for an MMO. Or I want to design a neat world for an MMO. And then just take those elements and bring them back and bring them back and bring them back until they're their most simple form and work on those. And then once you feel you've got a good grasp on that, add something to it. And then 
slowly that ball starts rolling and you've got this visual library of projects or you know art that you've created that all is in in around one central idea and it's like hey there's an ip for you yeah so uh, it's start small that's the the best way i can put anything start small be patient you know find out what you want to do what you enjoy and follow it so is there anything else from a high level standpoint you would like to add to this episode from a high level creative standpoint i should say um not really i think you know we've gone over a lot of the general sort of uh discussions that we've just had as a team over the years so yeah i think again just start small if you are interested in doing something find a project and don't be afraid to walk away from it if you get creative block because if you push past it you might lose your love for it that's another big one that i should have mentioned earlier <laughs> right right yeah i mean you, you kind of had mentioned it you know like you, you bounce around a little bit like a few different aesthetics so that it can keep you mm-hmm. you know you can eventually uh, come back to it so no, i think that that's a lot of good information uh we appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to this episode if you would like to support us dive deeper into the world of game development and be a part of the workshops that we have been talking about this episode uh, you can subscribe to our patreon starting at one dollar a month uh, <laughs> here's here's some of the art that we have so far Here's Eric's uh, stick figures here. Um, this is Pelicana. This is Asher. He was part of Stormwind Sales. And I say Eric's <laughs> stick figures. But yeah, this is just some of the artwork oh. that we have for January and for February. Um, but no, it's it's sketches and key art. That's what it is. I'm just a, a, I'm just a D-bag. But uh, you know, it's just, it's just, that's how that's how we go. Uh, the link will be in the description. You can follow us on social media as well at Nebulous underscore ENT. If you would like to subscribe to the newsletter, you can do that at nebulousentertainment.com. Above all, remember that there is a story in all of this, but it is up to you to choose how you write yours. Have a good night.